Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Rivers Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes. Uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Greetings and good Thursday morning and welcome aboard Inside the Game. This show live from the Sinorama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. We, of course, are also powered by Electric Bites of Charleston. ElectricBitesCharleston.com. If you're in the market for one, you can meet Michelle in person. She will be at the April 27th Carolina Rise event at Home Team Barbecue in North Mount Pleasant. That will be from 12 o'clock until three o'clock that afternoon so we are certainly looking forward to that we're always looking forward to this program and seeing and hearing from all of you as well here until one o'clock this afternoon jc jb and phil of course the gamecocks are set to hit the road for nashville tennessee just talked to michael haney yesterday a matter of fact from nashville tennessee a lot of gamecock ties up there and every time carolina heads to that part of the country whether it be football basketball or baseball there are Plenty of those dressed in garnet and black in the stands. Hopefully there will be this weekend because Vanderbilt is really, 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 really good. Uh, we've got plenty of football stuff to get to as well. The spring game only a couple of days away. Now I see in the Nana Sports chat box there's already a roll call for who's attending. I know Coach Beamer and Coach Tanner and all of those in the administration at South Carolina are hoping that number is large. That's why they did what people wanted them to do for years. Move it to the nighttime. So they will be under the lights of williams Bryce, and we'll probably get another crack at taking a look at all the flashing and fancy lights and this, that, and the other. But, uh, <laughs> J.C., Phil, uh, as we wind down the work week, we are lucky enough to be able to lead off this Thursday, who's just pretty much kind of cranking up his work weekend uh, with the voice of Gamecock Baseball, Derek Scott. What's up, man? How are you well, you're not on the road yet. No, no. <laughs> my my, uh, my chauffeur, Mister Moody, will be here at eleven thirty to pick me up. Hopefully. Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> nice. We're on it. We're on it here. We gotta. We gotta watch the uh, watch the clock. <laughs> Hard out. 
Yeah. We don't want to leave Tommy waiting in the parking lot. That that's uh, you, not, you that's know not what good. a you know what a surly son of a gun he can be. So I'm sure it'll be really, really a, a, a tough deal for all of us if we're a couple you're, minutes behind. You're driving all the way to Nashville, you're making that drive? That's a, that's a, that's a I've made that drive many times. It's a heck of a heck of a drive up there to yeah. Music City. Well you know what's interesting, JC, is this year, and I mean, hey, I ain't complaining. This year for the first time, baseball uh flew to Starkville, which is great. But the difference in the two trips is maybe 20 minutes. So I'm not <laughs> sure how the line was drawn that we were we were changing the uh, the status of our travel uh, for Mississippi State, but not for Vanderbilt. But I guess it's all it's baby steps. You, you, yeah, you, you think it'd be easier to find a BNA than the what is it, Golden Triangle out uh, yes. uh, West Point, Starkville? I'd, I'd be a little afraid to go to that airport. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a scenic drive. At least if you go up through it, yeah, you go through the mountains. It's pretty scenic. Which but, which yeah. way are y'all going? Twenty six or forty? I, I was gonna I was gonna check the GPS and see if either one of them was blowing up yet because you never know what you're getting into on either of those routes as far as construction. Yeah, you yeah. go through Atlanta, you could you could be there for two hours in Atlanta. Yeah. One day, I was coming back for a game from Nashville to Columbia, and I, I had to go to the bathroom. I was on two eighty five, but there was a wreck for three hours. Oh, three hours from seventy five to twenty. Yeah. It's, anyway, I know it's it's turned into a debacle, but um, the season isn't, Derek. Luckily for you, uh, they are twenty nine and four and sixth in the country by the poll that we all pretty much use, D one Baseball dot com. But this weekend is going to be a challenge. We know that it's uh, fourth ranked Vanderbilt in that Cracker Jack box they call a baseball stadium that's connected to a another Cracker Jack box that they call a football stadium in Nashville. Um, before we get to the series and what's led to the series uh, or this, of this magnitude, I, I, I my understanding is I know Noah Hall isn't pitching this weekend, Derek, and but my understanding it, it, it's going to probably be a little while. Have you heard the same thing? Mark indicated on our coaches' show last night that that could be the case. He didn't okay. get into specifics, but just some language he used I think was uh, allowed you to connect the dots that it wasn't as if he expected that next week this would all change. Um, I don't know that they've got a specific number in mind uh, as far as when you can expect his return, but it definitely sounds like they've got to figure out a, a, a solution for that third starting spot uh, moving forward, you know, for the, for the time being. And they've got options. That's the good thing. You, you've got a lot of a lot of depth in that in that staff right now that you can look at different scenarios. And I think everybody I've talked to has a different idea on what they should do with it. So we'll see where uh, where Kingston and, and Coach Parker go with it. Well, once again, you know, South Carolina in back-to-back weeks finds itself in the premier series in the league with this 4-6 matchup. Last week it was 1-6. Uh, there are other excellent series going on. We're going to find out how good Kentucky really is this weekend as they hit the road for LSU. Matter of fact, that series starts this evening in a 12-1 matchup. I think I think the Wildcats actually slipped up last week and lost a couple games of my mind. They did. They got swept in a double header by Georgia Saturday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then you got Tennessee and Arkansas this weekend as well. But as it pertains to Carolina, unfortunately, they didn't get the third game in last weekend. I think when you texted me, whenever that was, I don't know, Saturday morning, uh, that wasn't shocking news. I had already kind of planned my day uh, not involving or surrounding South Carolina baseball. Uh, but we did want to see where it would go. We're not going. We're not going to hit on this too much, Derek. But man, that close uh, to to a sweep 
of the Tigers. And, and, you know, one swing of the bat tied it up, and they just couldn't get it back from there. They still split, though, and they beat whom everybody is kind of anointed as the best arm in college baseball and Paul Skeens. So overall still a success, and, and Carolina has not moved anywhere. If anything, they're more in the thick of it than they were. Yeah, I think you would be able to say that both teams came away from that experience feeling like they, they earned something. For South Carolina, you beat Skeens, you beat number one, you control the series for 16 of the 18 innings. Um, and then if you're LSU, you get off the mat when you really played pretty lousy most of that game Friday and you find a way on the road in a tough environment to uh, claw back and, and, and split it. And, you know, when you're on the road, you know, Ray Tanner was the first I was ever around that had that philosophy of, you know, you if you want to be good in this league, if you want to be a postseason team, you win your series at home and don't get swept on the road. And in a two-game series, well, it's a little different, but uh, – but, I think it. you could say the same uh, in that instance. Uh, both teams got something good out of it, and, and getting two games in was about as good as you were going to do with the forecast Ooh. the way it was for Columbia last weekend. It just, well, I mean, when, when, when the league would not allow a Thursday doubleheader, and I'm not saying the league's wrong in doing that, but when they made it clear that that was not a scenario that was going to be entertained, then you were just limited on what you could get done with uh, what we had coming through here. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you just said that because there's a yeah. lot of misinformation out there about that. People are on King and on Jay Johnson. That wasn't their call. Right. That was the call of the SEC that said you can't do it on Thursday, right? Right. Okay. And, the, and you couldn't do yeah, it on Sunday. So, right. People are, bl- of course, blaming Ray Tanner, too. <laughs> right. uh, Shocker. People, I, no. I'm going to blame Ray, too. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got a laundry list of stuff that I'm gonna put on his tab. I know that the war in Ukraine, you know, oil gas prices. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, uh, you know, Mar- you name it. Tanner. Any issue, any issues in my marriage right now? You better call Coach right. Tanner because uh, old number one man. <laughs> um, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, uh, Derek. So uh, as it pertains to this series, though, you get the midweek win. And now you got Vandy. We've watched them all year. How would you summarize them? You know, they're interesting. When I first saw them back in non-conference, they were not hitting the ball at all. And you never try and get too eaten up by non-conference stats comparing teams because nobody plays comparable schedules. And they typically challenge themselves more than most folks do. And they did again this year. But they were really struggling uh, and then it was like a, a light switch just flipped. They get in the conference play, and now you look up, and then, you know, in league action, now 12 games in, they're leading the league in batting average. In conference play, I'm talking about here, they're hitting 334. Uh, nobody else is even hitting 300. That's that's loud. And then, of course, they got the top ERA uh, in the league in conference play as well, and opponents only hitting 212 against them. A lot of left-handers. Uh, you know, on that staff, not that that's necessarily a problem, I don't think, for South Carolina, but it does tend to uh, cause some teams some issues. But just just a really well-balanced team. A couple new faces in important positions. Uh, the kid at third base has been just so good defensively. It's been a nice plug-and-play. And, plug and, and then a couple of the veterans that they got in the portal, yes, even Vanderbilt uses the portal, uh, R.J. Shrek, has been one of the most productive hitters in the league this year, and uh, and he's a first-year guy in that program. And 
And then a freshman named Maldonado, who's also been really effective. It's just, it's a little bit like South Carolina in that they blended some guys who've come back and improved with some new faces, both via traditional recruiting methods and the transfer portal. And it's just all come together for, for Corbin right now. And God knows if you give him pieces, he can, he can usually put the puzzle together. Man, you're not kidding about that. And they still have a little, little zippy guy up there at the top of the lineup, yeah. light, uh, right? Yeah, Enrique Enrique Bradfield. Bradfield. yeah he's, he, he is so much fun to watch unless you're yeah. playing. Uh, because, yes. I mean, he's the old school leadoff hitter, man. Dude can yeah. go get it in, in center field, steals hits from you. Uh, and then if he gets on base, he's going to go. And, and, you know, a lot of stolen base numbers in this league and in college baseball in general are all based on non-conference play. And when you get in the league play, nobody runs anymore. That guy still runs. Uh, and so South Carolina is going to really have to try and figure out how to deal with him uh, if he gets on. You hope you can keep him off base, but that's not easily uh, easily achievable. And so I'm anticipating then that the rotation for Carolina will go Sanders-Mahoney-TBA, right? That's that's what I am anticipating. I did not get Mark to say that for me uh, when I oh. asked that question last night. But I still suspect that's uh, the direction that'll go in, especially since this week everybody's going back a day uh, in terms of rest. It's not like you're still in that Thursday, Friday, Saturday window. Well, so Will Sanders, I mean, because this, the story going into the game, I mentioned last week, Derek, that, you know, if you were Will, you can't, you can't ask for anything more than, than that. You, you get every publication in the country, anybody that enjoys college baseball is going to be watching the game. You yourself take it as a challenge to go up against probably the number one pick in the draft. Uh, you got every scout out there who's going to be there, not just for those two guys, but there was a lot of dudes playing in, in, the, in that series who are pro- more than likely going to be in the big leagues one day on both sides. And so so here's your stage. And his changeup, right out of the gate, you could tell it was on. And, and so you knew he was going to have a chance. It was really unfortunate that it got cut short. Uh, really wanted to see that matchup go six, seven, eight innings if it could. But from the short stint that we did get to see Will Sanders, what did you see? Hello? Hello? Hello. All right. Oh. You guys froze up on me there. Oh, oh did, did you hear my question? I'm sorry. I heard I heard you talking about Will Sanders about midway and and I kind of lost it towards the end there. Well, what would you see in the short time that we got to see him last week? Your impression? Well, I mean, you mentioned the changeup. He was he was landing it better, keeping it down. Breaking ball had a lot more bite to it. He talked about that some yesterday in his press conference. That was one of the better pressers I've seen from a baseball player, a college baseball player in a while. I don't know if you guys tapped into any of it. It was on one level raw because he admitted how much it hurt him that he was pulled out of the rotation for a week. And the fact that, you know, on his birthday weekend, suddenly he's not participating when we're in Starkville. Uh, that, that was not, you know, you, you like to see a guy be a team player and, and, and ride it out. And he certainly did. But he was not afraid to admit yesterday that, man, that, that one really, really got to him. And he wasn't necessarily in agreement when the coaches told him that they were going to shut him down for a week. But he came back, he worked hard, made some adjustments to his grip on a couple of the, those off-speed pitches, and it certainly seemed to show uh, positive effects. As you said, would have liked to have seen a bigger sample size uh, than three innings, but maybe that wasn't the worst thing in the world as he built some confidence 
uh, back and and now we'll have to take a bigger step because this week you're on the road. This Vanderbilt bunch just doesn't strike out. You're going to have to, you know, uh, let your defense make plays behind you. And then you get yeah, – unfortunately, this always is in my head. It, it's that goofy artificial turf mound that they use over there. And I, I've had a couple guys in the coaching world who talked to me about that being the one part of – the new, you know, breed of fields with field turf and so forth that they just don't understand. No matter if you don't have a turf management program, if you don't have your own Clark Cox, you ought to be able to take care of a daggone pitching mound. I agree. It, you know, and those fake yep. mounds just just worry me for guys who aren't used to working off of them. I think they should be outlawed. I've said this forever. It's a joke. I've seen more guys get hurt on those things, Derek, than – it, and it never gets talked about, you know. I totally agree, but it's a very Vanderbilt thing to do, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it really is. I, I, I you, speaking of that too, like I'm, I'm interested to see how they how they pitch Gavin Casas this weekend. You know, he's kind of, I don't want to say struggled, but he hasn't been as hot as he once was. Um, would be nice to see him really provide some beef back into that lineup behind. The guy we're about to talk about in just a second, Ethan Petri. I don't know, although I don't know if he needs it or not. Some point in time, someone's going to start pitching around him. I would imagine if the guys aren't hitting behind him. Yeah. And obviously, Cole's been doing his thing. But um, but uh, it'll be interesting. That that'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, he's a guy that played there. He's here now, yeah. hitting two ninety fifteen jacks. Uh, he's not a Vandy guy anymore, thank God. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a Vandy thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a great storyline though with Casas. You're right, yeah. being the guy who was in their lineup uh, last year, part of the time. Uh, left the program, goes elsewhere in the same conference. Uh, he is the one guy who, as a lefty, all the southpaws that they will throw, that's that'll be pretty challenging for him. Yep. And, you know, you talked about him dropping off production-wise, but in reality, in conference play, he's still got the second-best batting average among the regulars, the guys who have been in there throughout the season. Um, the guy who I think really has to step up and have a big weekend is Cole Messina. Uh, Cole's you. only hitting 209 in SEC play, uh, and that and his RBIs are, I think, eight. And that is something, as long as he's sitting in that cleanup spot, they've got to get more out of him. And you talk about if they start pitching around Petri, well, he's going to be sitting behind Petri, uh, and he's got to be able to produce and make folks pay for that. And this, I think this really is a, a big weekend for him. I absolutely agree. I mean, and hello, Dylan Brewer. I mean, you, the last couple of weeks, dude, we, it's, I mean, it's, the ball's jumping. And, you know, Whittle mentioned this to us the other day. He, he watched Dylan in the fall and watched him in the spring. And he, and he said, you know, I had expected more out of him and he really struggled to start the year, but, but he's found it, uh, Derek. So it looks like he's going to be in the lineup for the foreseeable future, at least as it stands today. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and again, he's the other lefty in the lineup that we'll see how he deals with all the good um, southpaw arms that Vanderbilt has. But last 10 games, and, I mean, he's I think he started eight of those, mm-hmm. uh, or, or maybe seven. But either way, he's hitting 417, and his on-base percentage is up around 575. He, he's he's not – you know, when he goes bad, it's because he gets pull happy, and, and he, he hasn't done that. He's been spraying it using the opposite field. That home run the other night on Tuesday was out to left, uh, gap-to-gap type stuff, and not chasing uh, as they work him away. And you know you see seven walks in those last in those uh, in those seven starts. So, yeah, he he's been a breath of fresh air. And you know, he, if you, if he's in there, 
he's a great defender. Uh, yeah. And and like I said, Vandy doesn't strike out, so you're going to need to uh, have some guys to go catch the ball. So if he's in there alongside Evan Stone, you've got two really good uh, outfielders as far as to, to run balls down, and that's uh, that could be pretty important against this Commodore lineup. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think the pull happy thing it gets with Messina too. You can see it. He flies out from time to time. The other day he ripped one in the upstate game, ripped one right at the third baseman. Had he been a smidgen more on it, the ball would have left the yard like it was doing earlier in the season. So all right, now to Petri. Uh, you know, his numbers are are ridiculous. And of the sixteen home runs he's hit, nine of those have come in league play. He's hitting four <laughs> through eleven games, he's hitting four seventy seven in the SEC, and they've been on the road twice, and they've had number one LSU. And he turned around. I texted Smoke before the first game last week. I said, I've, I've seen 96, personally. I've faced it. That's a blur. I said, how do, how do you hit 102? And Justin said, well, some 102 looks 93, some 93 looks 102. It depends on the spin. I said, what about 102 that looks 102? How do you hit that? <laughs> And uh, without, you know, the PG version of this is he said, gear up for the fastball and uh, don't swing hard because when you hit it, it'll go. Well, he hit it and it went the other night. And um, he just continues to be unbelievable, Derek. We mentioned at some point in time a team like Vandy who knows how to pitch. They're going to probably find a way to get around him and let somebody else beat him if they do it. But, um, but I mean, you've been around this young man. We, we can describe his play because we watch it. Describe his makeup. He is such a, a good kid, man. I mean, he he's, he does not um, he does not act like he. I mean, he acts like he's a freshman, and I mean that in a positive way. And he doesn't he hasn't decided that hey, I'm above this. Uh, we're getting off the bus in Starkville at the stadium for practice Thursday night or Wednesday night, I guess it would have been. And you understand, you know, the the, the way things work as far as the managers are going to dig stuff off the bus. Freshmen are going to then lug it inside the stadium because there's a lot of gear that comes in. He's he's right there. He's he's grabbing bags and, and hauling them in. And and I, I just feel like he's the sort of guy that is easy to root for as a teammate. And you talk to him whenever there's a new experience for him. I mean that 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 uh, that first weekend in Georgia, he was. I talked to him in the elevator. He was so jacked up because he he never been on the road in the SEC, and he goes out and pounds the ball that day. Uh, he just seems to respond well to uh, all these situations and opportunities that have been presented, and nothing has been too big for him yet. And that is something that's really crazy to see. You mentioned smoke. Petrie's one home run away from tying Justin's freshman home run record, and it's April the whatever it is, 13, 14. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's just crazy. And uh, he, he's just been so much better. You know, uh, Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball, was over here for the LSU series, and he said he was giving some of the scouts grief. He's asking him, what, what the hell is this kid doing here? How'd you all not figure this out and, yeah. uh, and get him signed? And a couple of them admitted that they were actually evaluating him more as a pitcher. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that tells you, hmm. give, give Monty Lee some credit, man. Uh, this kid has made a couple of adjustments at, to his to his load, and and he's just become a monster, and it's great to see. Uh, final keys this weekend in your mind, Derek, uh, as you mentioned, don't get swept on the road in the SEC generally is, is, is game plan number one, but you know, you win it. 
you know, the sky's the limit right now for Carolina baseball. Don't get ahead, don't get ahead of yourself here, boss. Let's, let's, let's no, go no, there and win one. Let's get one win and see where it goes from there. But no, I think you've got to get um, you've got to get a quality start out of Will uh, in terms of innings because knowing you don't know what the plan is for your third starter, he's got to eat up six at least for you on uh, Thursday to leave you some options. And, you, and honestly, that maybe maybe the, the uh, that focuses on Jack too because Jack's been really effective, but he hasn't they haven't extended him much the last right. two weeks, especially even though he's been throwing the ball well. You may have to ask him to do a little more. Uh, in that regard this week. I think he's thrown yeah. 40 innings in uh, in eight starts, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in the re- last couple starts, it's been more in that three to four range. Um, so that's big. And then uh, got to catch the ball. Uh, can't, can't give away any runs. And this this defense has not been great. It, it's strange at times. It looks pretty solid. And at times, like the ninth inning Tuesday, um, you just have some odd things happen. So, yeah, they, they, they can't have any sloppy play if you're going to win on the road against against a team as good as Vanderbilt, that's for sure. Yeah, A 976 clip in league play. Derek, y'all have – oh, oh, I got to ask you. Tommy mentioned this the other night. I, I, I asked Whittle this. I had this on the agenda to ask you. Tommy said on Thursday, uh, he mentioned on the broadcast, so you know that I listen, after the third inning, he said the first three innings of that LSU game, uh, that place was as, was as electric as he had ever seen it in its history, the ballpark itself. I mean, been to a lot of games there since, since the first one, second row, first game. You've been there for 15 years. You've seen, you've seen a lot of them. How close is Tommy on that statement? You can either call him out or you can agree with him or you can plead the fifth. I'll say my memory's crap, so I hate to try and make those kinds Ple- of comparisons. Plead the fit. And, and recency bias is always a challenge for all of us. I just know, man, in 2010 and 11, that place was so nuts on a regular basis. And you get in the NCAA tournament play against Clemson, that's hard to top. So I, I, I would say it was amazing. I don't want to sit here and tell you it's the best I've ever seen just because you know that those those things happened. And that anything that happened in 2010 and 11, I, I, I'm lucky to know whether I was there or not, let alone well, any, any more about it. Well, to, to, to credit Tommy, he was savvy because he said in the first three innings. <laughs> yes, he did qualify it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to think back to the first three innings of every game I've ever seen. Tommy's memory at 70-plus is better than mine was at 22. So it's not really I'm – not, I'm not throwing stones at him. You know that. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know we've kept you a little bit longer. I hope he's not upset with us, but safe travels to Nashville. Look forward to tomorrow night, Saturday and Sunday's call, and I hope you bring back something good for the Gamecocks. All right. Sounds good. You guys enjoy the spring game. Hopefully you got good weather for that here. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We'll be listening to you in the parking lot, as a matter of fact. So call them well. Thanks, Derek. There you go, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Derek. Uh, Thank you, the voice of Gamecock baseball. Uh, and basketball. Right, we're one minute shy, or else, JC, I'd be forward in that Tommy Moody phone call to you. Ah, <laughs> no, nah, not, not me. I'd, I'd rather talk to Derek. I think Derek does a fantastic job. He's a, yes, he's he a good person. I've never yeah, heard anything crazy. bad about him from anybody affiliated yeah. with the University of South Carolina and nothing but good. So it's a pleasure to have him on. I've, it's a little distracted by a football conversation on the Big Spur. Uh-oh. Um, and so I had to go back. And, and I've been 
I'm sorry, I've been up to my ears in NIL stuff today, and uh, there's some stuff I'll, I'll share with the audience, and uh, it's it's not good. It's not good. So um, anyway, uh, that's uh, that, that kind of right before we freaking came on, I was having a great day. I tweeted the average jambalaya logo from our our, our, our Twitter account uh, just so people could laugh. You know, I, I was full of joy. And, uh, oh, Craiger heard me on Bill King this morning, too. I was killing it. No, that was Bill, Bill Kong. Bill Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Bill King. Uh, we need to have him on too, by the way. He'd come on and talk talk a little with us. But uh, Bill, um, we talked we talked some NIL stuff generally, and, and he, he tweeted that I hit a six-run grand slam, and then I had a phone call about 9-15. Just, ugh. Mm. So anyway. Well, uh, we will hit a uh, timeout, and then when we return, if you want to – if you want to send us right into the crapper, you can do that, um, or we can just continue on here and smile like old, old Doctor Phil, <laughs> classic Phil, classic Phil, classic. <laughs> we are painted in a beauty. <laughs> you are, yeah, you are. You, you got that right. Uh, we are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something. Dot com in the great state of South Carolina, or in the state to our west, Georgia. They are licensed and insured in both states from head to toe, top to bottom, east to west, north to south, however you want to call it, from the mountains to the seas. A couple of painters that can come to your home and paint the house, indoors, outdoors, interior, exterior, concrete, stain the fence, whatever you need done. They're really, really good at it, and they are Gamecock owned and operated, but most importantly, they do an excellent job, and their prices are exceptional. Get another price and compare it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Let me paint something.com. A couple of painters painting inside the Gamecocks. Garnet and Black, 1132 on a Thursday. We will hit a timeout. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, 
all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with fan plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sundrums of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. That's how to get in touch with them to set up a no-obligation consultation about how they could potentially turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat this summer. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs at 864 864- Four one four five two seven one. So brass tax, JC. How much money do we need? How many people do we need? To sign? <laughs> what do we? What is? What's it going to take? It's not that. Uh, it's not that. Uh, you know, I, you kind of wonder. Run a telephone you know, here on the show today. <laughs> with, with, with Booker. <laughs> Yeah, a telephone. Yeah, I was at an old school rotary phone. Let me go. And like me celebrities go behind me, you know, yeah, we have Nat back on the there. Gear. Phone hey, we got another one, but uh, <laughs> wait. The old days yeah, when you had to hold it on your phone, you're telling your hold on. We laugh, but I bet that would generate some money. Maybe <laughs> they still the do. telephone, get our wives on the phone, kids, you know. <laughs> hey, we're here with all the people that are guests. Have yeah. one set up I, with Lizzie the Turtle in red. I know one thing. My uh, my kids can get some money out of you. I'm figuring that right, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was about to say, I've got a 14-year-old who is expert at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we go? Dad, can I have this? No. Can I have that? So, no. Why do you always say no? Damn it, yes. Why, why say no when it feels so good to say yes? <laughs> yeah. I got the old bait and switch at the gas station last night. She was like, well, I got some money. I'm going to come in there with you. And next thing I know, it's just, you know, two little items just find their way into what it is I'm getting. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll pay you back in the car. <laughs> Conveniently forgets. Yeah. Anyway, I, all right. So Tank Booker went to Arkansas because the NIL deal was better. And Derek McClendon could go to Colorado or Missouri um, based on that as well. Hmm. Um, and Craig, I'm, I, Georgia does a really good job with their NIL program. I, I can, I can't confirm that number, but I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, and, and it's not, the big, bigger money guys like Jalen Carter that, that get you. I mean, because you're, you're you're fighting off the NFL for him, um, so that amount is fine. And you know, obviously, <clears throat> I think there are players in South Carolina got pretty good deals. I don't know if it was that much. Uh, it, it's the guys on your roster that that make you be a complete team. Now, 
I think South Carolina's fine at defensive tackle. I think Tank Booker was a luxury item. Um, a guy that was a different type of D tackle that could go in there. They have two of them, uh, Nick Barrett and Xavier McLeod. Xavier McLeod is going to have to get ready quicker now. Um, the defensive end position obviously is a, a big bugaboo. You got a kid over there from Tucker in Missouri and Colorado. You're kind of, it's just kind of disheartening. And it's not that South Carolina does not have NIL money, folks. It, uh, it, I'm not going to get into specific amounts, but, um, you know, I, uh, it's probably what those guys are, are worth NIL-wise. And, and these other schools are just – and it's disheartening for me from a game cop perspective, yes, but from a sport perspective as well, that we're at the point with certain guys. Uh, and, and there's an article, uh, I think in The Athletic, or maybe maybe it was somewhere else about – the portal this time around because teams are getting quote unquote desperate to fill needs. Uh, you know, there's going to be bidding, you know, bidding wars or whatever. And South Carolina, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of surprised me. I mean, I, and I don't, I don't know that it's South Carolina. If, 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 if it continues like this, I, I don't know that, the best move isn't to continue to just maybe mine the lower levels for guys and, and just not worry about anybody that's a, I guess a, uh, I don't know, um, a, a division one contributor, power trucker, whatever you want to put it. Uh, and, and that's worked out for Carolina. I mean, going, going lower, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, playing time, uh, better feel, comfort, all that good stuff. Uh, I get it if a kid's making a decision like that. But, you know, it, it's disheartening when programs that really aren't super superior to the Gamecocks, and, and I know Arkansas and Missouri beat Carolina last year, but, you know, who, who was better at the end, Arkansas or Carolina? I mean, Missouri did beat the Gamecocks for the fourth straight time. That has to change soon. Um, but, you know, that school having more NIL resources than South Carolina uh, at this point is disappointing. Um, is that true, I, though? I mean, does Missouri really? I don't know. Yeah, they do. You know, and, and look, South Carolina did a pretty good job of retaining most of their roster. And, and that's, that's the thing. South Carolina's been playing catch up with that. And I think when you when you're when you're going to catch up, it's okay. Everybody kind of rallies the troops, and oh well, we got to catch up. We got to catch up. Okay, so then all right, you're called up. Well, then there's also the matter of newcomers and things like that. And so that's uh, uh, and I can tell you the last last with Carolina Rice specifically, the last couple of months have been dead. I mean, we went from adding what 400 new members uh january january february december it uh it grew by like 66 percent after that there's been two people hmm. we promoted all the time i mean uh you know so i i i i don't i'm not blaming the fans i mean you guys pay for your tickets and spend your money however you want and quite frankly the economy is not good right now or you know at least people are troubled by it and things are expensive and and all that um and clint you know if peyton lewis uh bases his decision on nil he's absolutely going to tennessee uh they have 
had infrastructure in place for NIL maybe before everybody. And they also seem to uh, they seem to be able to kind of find a way. And their fan base is bigger now. Keep in mind, the state of Tennessee is a lot bigger than South Carolina. There's more students, more alumni that went to UT Knoxville uh, than USC. But uh, you know, I, I just think that um, you know, it, it, I'm not trying to get down on the dumps. It's just kind of uh, disheartening and, and another one of those things where. You know, you, you kind of got to go back to the well a little bit and, and see. It needs to be a consistent thing. Uh, James is not the wealthy donors, really. I mean, those guys stepped up, kind of saved the day. Uh, it, it's more just, I guess, numbers. Everybody kind of contributing and, and making it part of uh, of what you do, whether it's, uh, you know, $10 or $15 a month or, or whatever. Um you know, and, and w- with whatever collective, uh, and this isn't a Carolina Rise thing. Um, as far as the event goes, uh, I don't think we're going to cancel it. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I, I was encouraged today, uh, Phil sent the link out. If you're out of state, or out of region, busy, because I'm finding people have like kids baseball games and stuff. Uh, you can buy a ticket and you don't just have to donate it. You get like five different things. And those of you that have bought tickets and donated them, uh, you're going to get the five things. Uh, you get the, the, the door prize gift bag. You get a door prize. If you're one of the first 20, I think we're at six right now. So uh, you got time for that. You get a signed football from one of the players. You get a signed poster or picture from every player that's there in the mail. Uh, and you get a free ticket to the VIP tailgate, uh, coming up, uh, this, uh, football season, likely in Charlotte at the, at the UNC game, maybe at Williams price at another one. It depends on the kickoff time in Charlotte. So, you know, you've got, uh, you got a chance to uh, contribute, even if you're well, you know, out there, it's called the rain check package. Um, and all that money is going to go toward, you know, obviously the, the matter at hand. Uh, and I hate to see, you know, off season in college baseball this year, if it goes kind of down the path that basketball did last year and football sort of going this year, you know, uh, we've gone above and beyond with baseball and, and all that. But, you know, those guys need, you know, they need NIL money too. So anyway, I, that's, I, I'm not, and I know most of, most of the vast majority of everybody that listens to the show is a member of Carolina Rise or whatever. So it's probably not you guys, but my message to you all is to just help me help me and everybody else spread the word about it. Uh, you guys know what it is. Uh, you guys know it's important. And uh, even if you're morally opposed and you don't want to sign up for a membership and just throw your money, you know, that ticket, you get like five different things of value. I mean, heck, the, if a few of these guys go to the NFL, your signed poster alone is going to be worth way more than 50 bucks to a collector or, or something like that. So, um, I, uh, you know, I, I just want to put that out there, uh, and say, that, and that surprised me when I had that conversation. Cause I, I thought everything was kind of on the right track. I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't under the impression that Booker and McClendon were, you know, getting, you know, bigger NIL deals than what South Carolina was able to provide. So, and then look, like I said, I, I know that I don't want to repeat the numbers, but I know the numbers and it was, didn't seem like something that was beyond control. And I'll tell you this right now, 
as far as retention goes, NIL is going to be important. So if you guys wouldn't mind, help me spread the word about, uh, because fo- some folks don't even know how to get involved, you know, just tell them, you know, send them to carolinarise.com, uh, tell them to, to get involved. And Craig says, where are the 75 people who are worth 50 million who are alums? Are they giving big? Well, you got to keep in mind, a lot of those people don't care about athletics. Yeah. Right. And you also have to keep in mind in this type of deal, it's not really like fundraising, you know, because they're all outside entities. And, and fundraising for the endowment, for athletics, Gamecock Club, all that, you know, that's all going well. I mean, so I, I don't know. And, and, and I, I don't – I've never thought the answer to all this is to look to the university and the athletic department uh, to, to make it – make it do, to provide anything other than guidance. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the way, uh, you know, other schools have done it. Florida had to fix a dumpster fire of a situation because they had, you know, some people that didn't know what the hell they were doing, promising guys $13 million or whatever. It was never going to happen. Uh, yeah, and look, I think if you've got a bunch of money, uh, even if you could write a check for that much for that quarterback, you don't do it if you know anything about football at all, if you're not just a crazed fanboy like the guy from Miami. Um, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that that's, uh, that's just where everything's at. So, um, and Sean, you said you put a sponsor on the jersey to compete with NIL. You can't do that. It's all got to be kind of either crowdsourced or business sourced. Um, so anyway, you guys uh, help me spread the word on that. And, uh, just tell people there is work to be done in that department. Uh, and, and this is another thing people are finding out. It, it, a lot of these schools are raising it for one year and then seeing a big drop off because they think, well, that's all they need for forever. It's an annual thing. And, and I think that's the beauty of the membership things and all that. So that's, uh, that's what it is there. So um, right now, uh, obviously tanks gone. I'd, I'd like to tell you they're getting McClendon, but I don't think they are uh, at this point. Maybe they will because I, I don't know that they're that far off. Um, but I also was told, hey, they'll be fine. There, there's some confidence in that building. But like I said, uh, there is another. <laughs> so who knows what will happen with that. But it's, uh, you know, if you want to know what kind of got me down, it, it was that because I, I was having a good day before and just kind of kind of disappointing uh, because I was not aware that, that that was the situation. Yeah. That's the well, what's the makeup of Missouri's you know, IL? Is it all collectives or is it more business? I don't It's probably business. I got, uh, I got, um, I, I know they have some pretty well off money people out there, uh, especially on their, what they call their board of regents. Uh, you know that they have people that care. It's a bigger state. They probably, uh, although they're not as passionate of a fan base, they probably have a much larger fan base than South Carolina. I mean, there are a ton of Mizzou fans. They're basically a Big Ten style school. You know, so there's numbers. Um, and I also think that you know, in Missouri and and, and I mean Colorado, you can't think of it in terms of athletic departments who are struggling financially because again, the athletic department is about Florida State has plenty of money uh, for NIL. Their athletic department's in the red. 
Colorado openly said, we don't know how we're going to get the money to pay Deion Sanders, but yeah. we'll have the money and we'll have the money for NIL. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. They may make the women's basketball team wash their own jerseys, but they're going to have that, you know, they're, they're going to make sure they do it. Uh, so it's not necessarily athletics departments and the money that they're bringing in. It's sort of up to the the uh, the folks that love the program. And look, South Carolina fans have done a great job. Uh, and those other programs, too, if you think about it, they didn't have kind of the start and stop thing with Park Avenue, uh, you know, and that wasn't anybody's fault. Um, cause Carolina was working on an internal solution because around here, most of the time, uh, think about, think about our people. We, uh, around Gamecock land, we're always like wanting the, the savior coach or the savior AD or, or whoever to come in and save the day. And, and it's been that way since Frank McGuire took the basketball program over in the seventies and what, and, and you've had great success with that at times, uh, all the way to Frank Martin, uh, Steve Spurrier. Lou Holtz, Eddie Fogler, um, Ray Tanner in baseball. But sometimes, you know, the best athletic departments find their own guys. And, and you know, when Florida, before they were Florida, they went and found their guy. Steve, he's coaching at Duke, native son Steve Spurrier. You know, uh, the guys up the road uh, have won three national championships all three national championship teams were led by guys that were internal promotions after the other guy left or got fired who had never been coordinators. Danny Ford was never a coordinator, folks. Very, very proud, very, very excited. <laughs> Y'all, Jamie didn't grow up in the upstate. Phil did. You remember my 102.5 Danny Board? Yes. Yeah, he would do the Hudson. sports. Yeah. Yeah. They would just <laughs> loving Hudson would just rip him because he, he like Danny Board couldn't read him, but uh Euclid playing a very, very proud of very I mean it was funny. But anyway, um so that's uh that's my thing there. There's some Nanosports chat box questions. Uh, we'll, I'll tell you what, let's hit our final yeah, time out of the yeah, hour. I lost track of time. And I, then, I didn't uh, mean to go on a, well, I went on one of my yeah. monologues there, but, uh, and I, and I'll put that to bed. If you guys you know, need to know how to help or want a link, let me know, but, uh, I'll put that to bed. Cause there's some, there's some other, uh, questions here about actual football. I'm not the answer. All right. We will, uh, step aside for our final time out of hour one powered by electric bikes, Charleston inside the Gamecocks. The show will be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. 
Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Welcome to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Get in touch with John and his team today to figure out how they can bring some more sunshine into your life. Shoot him an email, johnb at expresssunrooms.com. And, of course, Cindy Searfoss has all your upstate residential real estate needs covered here in the upstate at 864-414-5271. Got to love a redundant read there. <laughs> and hey, special happy birthday belatedly to Xavier's son Clayton, who turned right. six yesterday. Oh boy, congratulations, Clayton. Clayton! Nothing better than a six-year six-year-old birthday party. What's the uh, what are the plans? Who, whose son is that? I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, Xavier, I believe. Xavier, Xavier, there, you, Pacific, there you go. One of our Pacific Northwest Posse members. All right. right. So Xavier, what's the weather like out there and what are the birthday plans for your for your uh for young Clayton this weekend? Fill us in on the uh on the good news and we will um we will yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe we can find a way to do something as part of the one of the Carolina Rise events for uh Clayton's yeah. six year old birthday. Get you a little sign something from one of the players and shoot it out to you, Xavier. Because yeah, I Xavier just put a, a picture message. of his yeah, yeah, video message. You know, Xavier put a, a picture of his uh, – I sent him some stickers from the show and everywhere else, and he put a picture up on Twitter, and that helps us market the show, Big Spur, Carolina Rise, whatever. J.C. and Morgan podcast. <laughs> there are J.C. and Morgan podcast stickers out there. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Howard chimes in about Danny Ford. Ford was the D-line coach and recruiting coordinator, one of the ultimate cheaters with Pell. Look, I don't think there's any question that, that Eddie Ford uh, lived in the gray area during that point. In time. Yeah. Uh, the guy played for Bear Bryant at Alabama. Those guys mostly knew how to kind of get it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Craig says take him to Twin Peaks and Platinum Plus. 
All right. <laughs> I, I was thinking about my when I was six, I had my six year old birthday party at McDonald's. My mom still has pictures of it. I had this big mushroom haircut. My head was just as big as it is now. I look like Mr. Mackey from South Park, but younger. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm Ronald. Okay. Okay. My McDonald's cake. Okay. Where's Grimace? Okay. I'm going to go climb up into Mary McCheese's mouth. Okay. I actually, they did have a, I'm talking about playgrounds. Uh, Mary McCheese's mouth. You know, yeah, I got it. Because right. <laughs> I don't want people to confuse my love for Mary McCheese with something nasty, you know. Yeah. So like, anyway, was. Uh, Craig asked, "What would the, uh, Josiah Thompson's commit would move Carolina into the top 10? And Back that's tomorrow, right? Recruiting. Is that tomorrow morning? That's uh, scheduled for tomorrow morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dylan, one of two elite tackles in the state. I uh, did have some uh, information on uh, Cam Pringle t- today and, He's loving being committed to the Gamecocks and obviously he's been one of those guys that's helping them recruit uh, and all that. And, and I, you know, Shannon Terry, my former boss, just one more thing on the NIL thing. He, he kind of has been doing some studies on collectives and stuff and did an interview with uh, Mike Bratton from that SEC podcast and talked about how like very little of NIL other than maybe the Peyton Lewis thing, as far as which program can pay out better or whatever, uh, really has is, is impacted recruiting so much as it has retention because of the the dual the the dueling things with the portal opportunity meets opportunity right so and 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 I can tell you right now too there are players on South Carolina's roster you guys will be upset if they lose and if they lose them it's all because of NIL at this point you know I think other guys that leave right after the season for whatever reason have different reasons right. You go all the way through spring practice, and unless you're buried on the depth chart, you leave. Just like Jordan Addison last year going to Southern, that, that's just all about you and, and NIL money. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, 76 says he's unsure how Clemson ever escaped the death penalty. <laughs> they were they were kind of talking about it, you know. Yeah, they were. That, so. They were. Yeah, it's because it's Clemson, and they're they're good at uh, they're good at doing that so making things happen that, that's so. what happens up there all right we're yeah. uh out of time in our number one and yeah. we will, got a double uh, logins question too i can answer so that's yeah pretty good bunch of stuff actually in the uh in the nana sports chat box that we will bring back into the fold uh some more to get to certainly in baseball as well and uh, we will continue to talk about the spring game this weekend. South Carolina is set to go. They are ready to go and show you what they're made of, at least in April. Uh, there's a long way to go before the season gets here. So, everybody, hang tight. Hour two on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia and live from the Sinorama Columbia studios. Get in touch with John and his team at Express Sunrooms if you want to talk about enclosing a porch or a patio to enjoy the summer bugs free at 803-446-4662. Man, Enrique Bradfield, man, 25 stolen bases on the season already. He is, uh, is that their leadoff guy? Yeah, yeah, he gets on. He's he's going. He stole forty six last year and forty seven the year before. So he's he is certainly on pace to to do that or maybe even top that number again. Not not swinging it the way that he has in the past though. But um, gotta keep him off the bases this weekend. I, I I'm surprised Derek didn't mention that in his uh, yeah. some of his keys. A little, little bit this week, he said they're a really fast team. That always. <laughs> uh, look, man, I, I, you know, I, I, if there is one team in the SEC in baseball that I just despise, it is Vanderbilt. I hate the way they play. I, I've always liked Tim Corbin, actually, respect Tim Corbin. And, and, you know, I know Coach Holbrook pretty well, and, and he's known Coach Corbin a long time. He's got good things to say about him, good enough to where he's sending his son to play for him. And his son is a, a great kid and a great player, guy that anybody would like to have on their team. But, you know, they got this, and I hope I don't offend anybody out there, but I know I'm going to, and that's okay. It's 
put it put it on Coach Tanner's tab. Um, they they a few you know years ago, about fifteen years ago. I don't know if y'all remember this or not, but they developed they got this real gimmicky Yankee style of play, and yeah. they they started. I remember the 07 series very well uh, at the Sarge because they were loaded. Um, they had David Price. Flaherty was on that team. They had, um, oh, gosh, the right-hander. I can't remember his name. Don't, was it, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Pedro Alvarez was the third baseman. I mean, they had all kinds of guys. And, you know, a couple of my buddies, like, smoking those guys, they, they had played with Pedro and David on Team USA, so they knew him well. Um, but one of the th- y'all, I don't know if y'all remember this. One of the things that Vandy started doing back then is if they struck out a guy to end the inning, their catcher would spike the ball into the ground, and they did that at, at home. Then they started doing that crap on the road, and people were like, "Yeah, you're not going to do that here." And because Price and Cisco faced off against each other, I remember, you know, Mike took it very personal to try to beat him that day, and he threw his rear end off, and I think Carolina lost by a run or something, maybe two to one, three to two, something like that. But um, but I remember the catcher spiking the ball into the ground at the Sarge, and, you know, the dugout about exploded. You know, Coach Tanner's telling people, y'all just need to just relax, you know, we'll, we'll solve this problem. But it was just very gimmicky, and, and ever since then, their whole program, like, just continued a lot of that stuff. And, like, that turf field up there, it's it's a joke. It's a joke, man. Like the, I was uh, just looking at pictures of it. That What a crap-looking – I mean, the dirt's fake. <laughs> the whole – well, <laughs> like, I, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but do you all remember a couple of years ago, uh, the two, we had two different guys – who got hurt just by sliding on the field. And I can't remember who they are now. I should have asked Derek to see if he could remember who they were. But but Hawkins Field, I mean, it sucks. The whole thing sucks. The whole setup sucks. Pardon my French. I mean, I remember when they added the, the bleachers in the outfield. Oh, cool. You put people in the outfield finally. We appreciate that. It's still connected to that erector set of a high school football stadium they've got. It's still a dump. There's no foul territory. The turf sucks. There's a turf mound. The people suck. I mean, it's just a it's just a crappy place to play all the way around. All ten of them. No, they get right. they get good fans. Like honestly, their baseball team probably gets as many fans as their football team does. Well, but, yeah. If you want to talk about NIL, like I got a pretty good source that says uh, Vandy they rallied the troops that otherwise and they're putting it all in baseball. I don't blame them. <laughs> Their four poor yeah. football no, program you, lost Bill. like what their three best players last year. Yeah, uh, Mike Miner uh, was who it was, and Bill Bill got it right. Thank you, thank you, Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, um, I remember they used to be terrible at baseball before Corbin got there too. Carolina would go up there and beat them like eighteen to five. Oh, they were awful. They scored twenty oh, runs. Done a great like, job. Ah. Uh, their balls would just be going out of that park, but they also found a way around the rules. Scholarship wise, they didn't break the rules, no. but they found a way to kind of make them work for them. Yeah, with regards to uh, institution, educational endowment for baseball. So, in yeah. other words, you, you you get recruited by Vandy in baseball; it's a great deal. 
because, yeah, you're on 11.7 scholarships technically, but they'll come in with some NIL money. I mean, I'm sorry, academic money. Uh, and put you on academic scholarship, and you get a hundred and what was then probably now more closer to three hundred thousand, but what was then a hundred and fifty thousand dollar education for free, and you get to play baseball in, in the toughest league in the country, and that's quite a pitch for a lot of baseball talent. Well, they also know, go out of the country and get guys too. They 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 like a lot of guys from Dominican Republic and uh, places like that too. So they, well, they recruited internationally. Yeah, and Coach Corbin had Coach Corbin adopted uh, Jack Leggett's model, and and it and it worked obviously better for for Coach Corbin because he's you know won a couple national championships. But one of the things that Jack Leggett used to do, and this is what really buried the Clemson program underneath South Carolina in this state, is that he would go and it was smart. And I'm not saying it wasn't a smart move, but he would go to the Northeast and he would pick a lot of the best players. He did get guys from South Carolina. Don't get me wrong. And he got and he got guys from around South Carolina, but he always went up there and found players who wanted to get out and come down south. And he would commit his time to doing that. And you know, the Gamecocks and and Georgia and North Carolina, whoever, whoever they would have to compete with in recruiting. You know, that wasn't that wasn't the model. You know, the model was we don't we don't have to go up there and do that. You might find a kid. You know, here and there. Back then, you got to remember, travel ball wasn't what it is now. So you weren't gonna you weren't gonna see those guys often. But you might you might find a kid here and there, and but you didn't have to do that. Well, they they went up there and they're like, you want to come, you want to come play baseball in February in South Carolina, or do you want to play baseball in February in Pennsylvania? You know, <laughs> where, where, where 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 you want to do it here? I mean, you throw back then, you throw ninety one, you could pitch at Clemson, top twenty five, or you can pitch up here. Nobody's even seen you. So they were really good about it, and and uh, Corbin adopted a lot of that model. Of course, the program recruits itself now, but adopted a lot of that model, and that's where he got a lot of his kids. And they just brought that nasty, that nasty style of play. But they, you know, they brought it to a place that had no tradition. And it, you pointed out, JC, how they got them there, and uh, and then again, like. Derek is right. He said this before, and he ain't the only one who said this. Everybody does. The worst place to, like, go to a game in the SEC is Missouri, hands down. But the crappiest deal of it all is Vanderbilt. It just sucks. I mean, like, if you've never been there, you don't know what I'm saying until you get there, and you're like, wait a second. This place that seats 3,700 people is attached to a football stadium. There's more room in my garage than there is in foul territory. These people, they one of them whistles at you the whole time. The rest of them, they don't even know what they're talking about. And they just kind of cram this little thing in it. They don't even have a real mound. It's very Bush league It's just, it's, yeah, it sucks. It's, it's awful. They've got that fake-ass field on the baseball because stadium. They've got that elevated court for their damn basketball. The basketball, you know, and then there's five high schools Man, in Alabama with bigger stadiums they have in football. Yeah. Right. And their press box is crowded. Yeah, I always love how they it's a hell of a road. It's not my favorite road trip. I mean, because Randy you boys. have plenty of seats oh, available. Yeah. You know, right. You don't have to worry about seats. tickets. There's better seats at Vanderbilt than you get used to. Yes. <laughs> You can come in and buy a ticket for like ten bucks to get into the game, and have a better seat than the season ticket holders to sit on the fifty. It, 
I mean, there's no bad seat in the stadium. I've been in there multiple times, right? I think yeah. they're planning to do some expansion, but yeah. So Carolina, uh, yeah, they, uh, do us all a favor. Just take the series this weekend. It's yeah, uh, it's like Lewis Grizzard used to talk about Georgia Tech. He said he called him up like Tech Ticket Office. He said it just like that oh, too. Oh, like, I forgot in their uniforms. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but their uniforms oh, suck too. The black like, uniforms with the pit. Get, come, get out. It's, all it's like if the Pittsburgh Panthers uh, had Whoopi with uh, Clemson softball esque uniforms. Yeah, and they had a child. I mean, because I like the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Pirates uniforms. I mean, I I, I grew up the ones that when I was like a kid. I was on the I was on the Pirates when I was a kid, so I like the little the bumblebee looking hats. You know, remember the old style hats with the the Pittsburgh Pirate hats and stuff. Oh yeah, I like that. No, but so you can't like you game. can't add the 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 <laughs> church league softball uh, font on the front of it. I don't like, like any of the softball stuff they're doing, man. Did y'all see NC State on Easter Sunday? Did anybody see the NC State Wake Forest game? No. In softball, NC, JB? NC State in baseball was dressed oh, head to toe, all red. Red pants, red hat, red jersey. Jeez. Dude, come on, man. This baseball. The color like, rush. If, if Carolina <laughs> ever came out with, like, all garnet uniforms, I would call Coach Kings to be like – actually, I can't, I'm not going to tell you what I would say to him. But you know what I would say to him. Mark. I, I love South Carolina's uniforms. I think they're – they, 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 they're like they're modeled after the New York Yankees in a lot of ways, and it's like a, a yeah. commitment to excellence. I, yeah, it is. I, well, I Coach, think it's screaming. Coach Tanner brought that here. It's the the Yankee Grays and the Yankee Pinstripes. And yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I talk a lot of smack to my fiance uh, about Carolina because she doesn't. You know, I'm teaching her the ways. And when Carolina came out in those uniforms, it kind of reminded you of the White Sox a little bit too. And I'm like. Look at that commitment to excellence right there. And then she reminds me that the White Sox are terrible or mediocre. I'm like, well, it's more the Yankees, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and it is when you look at the Grays. But uh, I, I love Carolina's baseball uniforms. I think I think they're just – they're very classy. Very, oh, very classy. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, you know who also has awesome baseball uniforms? The Citadel. Hats off to Tony Skull because like he it. designed a hell of a uniform. I kind of like North Carolina's baseball uniforms too. Uh, but well, now that now blue. that Nike, remember when Nike used to have the real bent brims on yeah. some of those hats? Mm-hmm. Like Florida State, y'all remember Florida State's old uniforms with the really bent brims? And everybody else had gone to the flat bill, so you can make it however you want to. Florida State still came in like the stretch flex with the real bent brims. Looking like they should have had a fish hook put on. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny, man! Like you'd see them trot out there, and they they had the old sky, uh, style pants that they had the elastic around the ankle, but it never actually made it below the ankle, and the real bent hat brims. And oh yeah, it was pretty, pretty gross looking. <laughs> Bring back stirrups. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, stirrups, stirrups have made a comeback. I, I don't mind stir. I don't like them, but I don't mind seeing teams wear them. Sitter wears them. It goes great with their uniforms. I say I'm trying to find a picture of their uniform. Who the Citadel? Citadel, yeah, yeah. I can I can send you one. I probably got one on my phone. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, oh, it, yeah. anyways, not to get too far off track on the, uh, the 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 uniform thing, but we'll just we'll finalize that subject with this. The whole Vanderbilt baseball experience really sucks. So just beat them and then move on. They have to come to your ballpark next year and 
There you go. Yeah, you- and Carolina's always kind of fought fought with them pretty well uh, up there and at Carolina. So yeah. I don't think did Vandy. They, I don't think Vandy swept them last year, and I know they are that game three up there two years ago because uh, Carolina got kind of gotten off to a rough start in SEC play after the big the big start before the Texas series, and. I, heck, I think Carolina was staring 0-6 in the league in the face, if I'm not mistaken, or at least 1-5. And yeah. Carolina came back and won, and I remember texting Whittle, and Whittle was like, <laughs> Whittle for baseball is like me in football, by the way. I, you know, he it, it's almost like you can't enjoy it. Um, I haven't been able to enjoy it because uh, after Steve Spurrier, I enjoyed it when Steve Spurrier was here. Uh you know, I did have friends on that staff, but, uh, you know, now like, you know, Bobby Bentley coaches there for five years under Muschamp. I've known him all life. I've known his son, his son's the quarterback. And now Shane Beamer, who I've known 16 years, uh, he's the head coach. Uh, and uh, it's just, it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough on some of us sometimes, uh, as bad as you guys feel out there as fans, uh, and we have to hold our tongue, and then we have to get catch the brunt of it sometimes because we're kind of your outlet to voice your opinions. Sometimes it's tough on us. Uh, we don't just get to enjoy it like like we once did. Perhaps we've lost our innocence. Mm. We've lost our lost well, innocence. I hate, so. and I hate to do this to to sweet hope here, but hope the Vandy Whistler actually did not die. That was falsely reported. Uh, he is alive. Um, I hate to, I mean, I'm sure you're glad to hear that, but I mean, I hate to, I hate to, I'm not trying to prove you wrong here, but I thought that that had happened too. And that was not true. Um, he, he is, uh, he is alive. So, but I, I think, I think his son was diagnosed with ALS though. Yes. If I saw That's that correctly in here in USA Today article. Yeah. Oh, is, is that okay? Cause I remember hearing that. Which that is awful. So certainly, you know, best wishes to them. But yeah, he um, he didn't pass away. So, a poor guy. Could you imagine what he felt like when the rumors started swirling that he was dead? He was probably like, "Well, no, wait a second here. I'm the, no, I'm not. I can sort of relate <laughs> to that a little bit. Somebody make me a Twitter <laughs> account. I got to tell the world I'm alive." <laughs> All right. So I'm a junior. Okay, and my dad passed in 1995, and I had this friend named Doug, and I hadn't seen Doug probably about nine months because I'd kind of gone off to college. And I'm at the mall, and he sees me and looks like he's seen a ghost. Mm. He's like, you're alive. And he's like, like, my mom called me crying because she read the newspaper and thought you had died. I was like, no, that's my dad. (laughs) They didn't put senior in there, you know, in the paper. I was like, oh, oh, oh." Um, so I get that. Yeah, I'm glad the Vandy Whistler's alive. I, I, you know, I have my opinions negatively on him, just like everything else. I agree with JB about Vanderbilt. I lived in Nashville for a long time, and the few Vandy hardcores, uh, you love to see them so upset, tortured. But when they get on something going, when they get going in something, they're worse than anybody in the SEC. Mm. Uh, they're worse than Clip, less tolerable than Clemson people by a mile. Because they're no, like, it, it's all feast or famine. So it was kind of funny because I picked them to go. It, I thought the worst hire they made was Derek Mason. I thought it was a terrible hire. 
Um, I listened to Derek Mason's first press conference, and he says they're going to change everything that uh, James Franklin did and try to be Stanford. And I'm like, you don't have the talent, the linemen, and you're in a different league, buddy, than you are out of Stanford. Yeah. I mean, Stanford, you can line up and get some big old California kids or go get some bigger kids nationally that are smart and play that pro style, and it kind of throws everybody off. You could be the most physical team in that league. You're never going to be close at Vandy. So they return a lot of starters because Franklin recruited well and set the table for him. And then he goes to uh, SEC media days with his bow tie on and uh, compares himself to Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban. And uh, and I picked them to go 0-8 in the SEC. And I have never heard anything as vile as the Vandy fans then. Not only <laughs> you and your Gamecock bedfellows, they use the word bedfellows. Uh, you're you're an asinine moron. Uh, you know you, you're a dumb person. You're, you're not very smart. And so uh, after, of course, Derek Mason screwed it all up. Lucky for that guy, he had Tennessee's number. I don't know how he lasted as long as he did. Uh, and notice he's not really coaching anywhere right now. I think I think he may have gone back to Stanford. Um. They did go 0-8 in the SEC that year. And that year they had scheduled because, you know, they're big time. They had won nine, two, two years in a row in a French. Nine wins. Go, Vandy, go. So they so so they really hesitate playing in Titan Stadium because they're going to get out. Now. But they're like, all right, we're going to play Ole Miss at uh, Nissan Stadium. Mm-hmm. Of course, I know Ole Miss had them outnumbered, probably like three to one, but there's a big Vandy contingent there. and They'd kind of gotten off to a, an okay start. They hadn't played anybody, right? Uh, and then uh, it was Hugh Freeze's, I think, first team he had. And uh, so about halftime, it's 35-0 <laughs> Ole Miss. And this Vanny fan gets up and chunk it with his gold sweater on. <laughs> like uh-huh. the, the cardigan, right? And he gets <laughs> up and he chunks a bear across the neck of <laughs> Grandstead. He's like, I can't take this shit anymore. Ah! Gradually their crowds got less and less And they did indeed go 0-8 in the SEC And I never got called uh, A Gamecock bedfellow again Well That's that's why you That's why you call me genius now Vandy fans (laughs) Well and then you had the uh, I I said this talks about call me the swami baby Call me the swami let's go why? Well, if I if my, if memory serves, and I know we gotta we gotta run here, but I, if memory Sorry. serves me correctly, didn't what year was it that we opened with Vandy and they proclaimed that that was their Super Bowl? I mean, they put the whole off season into beating South Carolina. It's been twice. It, well, Van, that's right. It did. So Franklin did it, and then uh, Mason did it, right? Three times, actually. Okay, so three times. Yeah, Franklin made the Super Bowl comment, right? Super, okay, and, and that was in 2012, and that one was scary. Uh, Lattimore broke off about a 35-yard touchdown run at the end. That's the one where Dylan Thompson got put in the game. It looked like the backup from Necessary Roughness. He just ran backward and fell down. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I, after after think about what happened at the end of that year. People don't think G.A. Mangus can coach. Think about Dylan in that game versus Dylan at the end of that year throwing the winning TD against Michigan, doing what he did against Clemson, whatever. But in 04, where they had Jay Cutler, all Carolina had coming off the 63 17 year with Lou Holtz. All I was, I went to that game with my buddies. 
Vanderbilt fans talking smack. We're going to beat those guys. Lou Holtz is nothing. He's all washed up. We have Jay Cutler, blah, 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 blah. I think Jamacia Jackson had a 90-yard pick six. Carolina rotated four different running backs and rushed for like a million yards, beat him 31-6. And then Muschamp's first season. Yeah. Everybody in Nashville was trashing Carolina because they had that Shermer kid. Vandy's got better athletes. They have a better better team. They have a better coach in Derek Mason. (laughs) And uh, our boy Perry Orth, who was on with us, uh, he got some things going and – uh, I think he hit a long pass, and uh, then uh, God, who's the guy that kicked up? Uh, Elliot, Elliot, Fry. Elliot Fry, that long field goal, and the Muschamp era got off to a winning start, and that game uh, allowed Carolina to go to a bowl. And Muschamp did not lose to Vanderbilt. No, no. Nope. Well, he owned, most, owned them. Well, shoot, I mean, gosh, the coach that lost to Vanderbilt the most was Steve Spurrier. By virtue of losing those two back-to-back in 07 and That's 08. true. Brad lost once. Holtz lost once back-to-back. And the Spurrier had two back-to-back losses. Shoot, yeah. I'll never get over that. Yeah, the 07, the 07 losses, it was, it was the beginning of the end of that season quickly. Well, you could argue the beginning of the end of that season was the second half of the North Carolina game when they almost coughed it up. But, uh, yeah, they, they Bad following. Bad North Carolina team. Bad Vanderbilt yeah. team. Yeah, that that was that was certainly tough. But all right, uh, it is uh, time for a timeout. It is twelve twenty six on what's expected to be a little bit of a rainy afternoon, at least where I am here in the Low Country of South Carolina. We're teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. dot com. If you want to play golf at Caledonia or True Blue up in the Polly's Island area of South Carolina, you can play in an unbelievable tournament. The Plunder on Polly's is headed your way in July. So if you could play a little bit, you heard Manus on our show last week say the purse could be almost twelve grand. Twelve twelve five is whatever. Yeah. yeah. Twelve thousand dollars. So if you could play, this is the tournament for you. And even if you can't, you just want to have fun and play a couple of excellent courses, travelingcountryclub.com to register for that event. But it is the coolest club in the Carolinas. There are over 40, almost 45 courses now included in this that you can play in both North Carolina and South Carolina. 20 bucks, 25 bucks for a low monthly fee. I'm, I'm in this. I know a bunch of people. Guess who else is about to be a member? A guy named Justin Smoke. Yeah, there are great courses in both the Carolinas, North Carolina and South Carolina. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, just check it out. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, get you a buddy. The two of you join it. You can go all over the place and great, play some great courses, have some sweet weekends uh, on the road. So travelingcountryclub.com. They tee up our Thursday afternoons here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, and we'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe will you. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat 
is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, and we are live from the Signorama Studios. So both of you have at least, either in chat form or on the air, mentioned Dowell Loggins. So let's get into some Loggins chat. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and get away from where Clint was going, because I, I was at every game in 99 <laughs> and 98, too. I was also at Lou Holtz's first game at NC State when Hurricane Floyd came through. That was a lovely that night. 99 team uh, I, I that's the last time i ate church's chicken oh. 99 well and phil me and you and your wife and her friend chuck had a blast at the it was the best time i had that whole year the after the clemson game which yeah, is a chuck, close 90, competitive game 99 clemson game yeah we, we finished 0 and 11 and i'm just sitting out there under the sign at sea wells that said no alcohol allowed and my buddy had his Z71 pulled up there with a full bar, like eight types of liquor. And uh, this old boy that Tina worked with, uh, he's a Clemson fan. and We're all just sitting there distraught because it's like, gosh, that was close. But, man, this team just finished 0-11. It's been a long year. I was at that Vandy game, 11-10 Vandy game, too. And all of a sudden, uh, Chuck rolls up a fatty under the sign that says no alcohol and just starts smoking. So hell, we pass it around. It's been a long year, right? And I remember he looks over and he looks. He's just—he's one of those good old boy Clemson people. And he's like, "Man, people don't care if you get high." Like Willie Nelson, like he was almost like Willie Nelson out there. And it made us all feel better. And then I went to the Salty Nut Cafe and ate my spicy chips, Dina's spicy chips, ordered spicy chips to go, and had a cheeseburger. And I think I went to bed before the sun went down that day. Well. <laughs> Don't judge me. Can't say it. Can't we say we it. all up in our own way that season. Okay. Hey, that was that was a long, that was a long year. I, 
Well, luckily those days are long, long gone, and hopefully yeah. to never return. Because, as uh, somebody pointed out, uh, Clint said it's amazing that defense that Carolina had was really good. It's just the fact that they literally had no offensive linemen, they had no quarterbacks, they had no wide receivers, had one running back. Yeah, they had nobody to play on offense. But uh, this offense is going to be a little bit different. I, Coach Loggins, uh, well, the coordinator is meeting with the media today. And, and look, I, I'm um, there. Are, you can when you see words right on the internet, on message boards, and Twitter, and quotes, people have a tendency to look too far into that. Um, you need to add context, maybe hear it, see them say it. What do they mean? But there have been, and I'm not saying that this is anything that Coach Loggins is doing. That's not what I'm saying. But would y'all agree with me, and I'll read the latest quote, but would y'all agree with me that there have been, I'd say, multiple times now here in the spring, late winter, spring, where Coach Loggins, in his interviews, has – I don't know if he intended or unintendedly kind of called out his predecessor because yeah, he's, done, he's done it since he's been here. Yeah. And, and like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't think that he's trying to, I mean, the guy's never called a play in college. Right. So it's not like he's Steve Spurrier stepping into the saddle where he knows it's all going to work or anything like that. And I'm not sure that he's trying to dig up some something that's already been put in the ground. He he knows that Shane and Satterfield are good friends, you know. But his latest his latest comments today are, um, quote, you know, he was talking about the playbook constantly evolving, saying nothing's ever done. You see a play that works in practice, you dive in to rabbit holes looking. For tweaks on it but then he goes on to say quote you're an artist not a blacksmith they're willing to listen to ideas but the creator has to realize that the protection has to fit and the other 10 guys have to get it too huh well i'll tell you this i don't think eric kimry would mind me telling you this uh uh and before anybody says that Eric Kimry, because there's a rumor that Eric Kimry threw Satterfield under the bus to me and Tony. This is all Eric Kimry ever said to me and Tony. I got it from people much higher up, you know, the the criticism. And and I, and I have two eyes and a brain so I could see what was going on. And guess what? I was absolutely right. Because the minute they stopped doing that stupid crap, unnecessary that he wanted to do, guess what happened? They scored 104 points in two, or 94 points in two weeks against the two teams that South Carolina fans want to beat the most outside of Georgia, which is probably, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. <laughs> Georgia's really good. But, uh, no, I, it will. Uh, it will. Maybe this year. But, uh, I, I, so, so anyway, back to that. The only thing Eric Kimmery ever told me about Satterfield was, because Eric's a play caller and a really good one at the high school level, he said, Satterfield, he said, I'm more of an artist. Satterfield is more of an engineer. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. and I was like, my heart sunk. 
I was like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like, because engineering's got to be precise or the building's going to collapse, right? It's got to be exact. Well, you can't engineer an offense with college kids. You can in the pros if you're qualified, which I don't think he, I don't think being an offense, assistant O-line coach for one year on a bad team under a college head coach qualifies you to be Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan. All those guys have taken their lumps in the league, right? I mean, I went back and read about Brian Dable. Y'all know what kind of crap – people talk about Dowell Loggins had crap offenses in the NFL. You know what kind of crap offenses Brian Dable had before he got back to Alabama? Sure, he was on the Patriots staff and won Super Bowls, and Dowell was never fortunate enough to be on <laughs> affiliated with a franchise even close to the Patriots. But, uh, look, okay, so they talk crap about that. Um, you know, so if you're qualified, yeah, you can engineer it in the NFL because you have time to work on it and be that precise. But look, man, college football play calling is about art. Todd Monken, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I'm just naming the great play callers. Uh, I thought Garrett Riley, whoever was calling it, Garrett Riley or Sonny Dykes, I think I'll, I'll say it was Garrett because I don't want to piss our Clemson lurkers off. I'm not trying to put him down. I'm, you guys yeah. made a good hire. But, I mean, you know, Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, even like with what Jim Harbaugh did at Michigan, even though it looks like an NFL deal with power runs, that's an art form. And, and, and it, it's conceptually, it, it's great, you know, and it works. Steve Spurrier, like I said, Bobby Petrino, artist. It, it's this very, it, it, the, the contr- that contrast is very interesting. Uh, and you also know this, Dowell Loggins did meet with the staff before 2021 and self, you know, they wanted to do some scouting. Hey, we'll pick us apart. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And he, he, he had like eight things. Yeah. And that advice went out the window. That laid the groundwork kind of for him to come to be the OC. So that does not surprise me at all. I don't think he's taking direct shots at Satterfield. I mean, I think everybody respects everybody. Everybody's going to move on. But I think he's trying to explain because he can't he, – he mentioned vanilla. He can't go out there in the spring game and do what he's going to do during the season. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. He said, number one, head coach ain't going to let him. Uh, number two, that's stupid because it gets, yeah. puts things on film you don't want to put on film. No coach does that. Um, so I think he's trying to overly explain why this is different than the past because you're probably not going to be able to like just look at it on Saturday night and go, oh, yeah, this is way different. Because it's there's a lot of the same types of concepts. It's not the concepts. I think we all agreed. In two, the, the, the actual plays worked once they started operating in a manner that, that's more artistic. You know, like here's an artistic thing. Eric Douglas called the final play of the Clemson game, right? <laughs> that's being an artist. You know, that's just art. Your art form is out there. Okay, okay. You know, being an engineer, be like, no, my calculations indicate that this is not the grand Well, I mean, it's 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 the feel that was missing the whole time. And like to your point on Saturday night, this is going to be about players, not plays. It's not about plays yeah. on Saturday night. You know, I I think, I mean, we have you know, a few thousand people at the end of the day that end up watching or listening to this show every day. I, I would venture a guess that the large majority of them should understand that. But like the 1% that, let's say when we get back on the air on Monday, are going to say, well, that offense didn't look very impressive for whatever reason. Like, you, 
you don't know. I'm telling you right now, before you get to Monday, before you get to Sunday, before you get to Saturday night at 9 o'clock when the game's over, if, if that's going to be your mentality, you have no idea how far off base you are. Like, they are not doing anything Saturday night other than trying to feel out some of the younger guys, new faces in new places, uh, putting on a little bit of a show for the fans, and calling it a day. And, like, did y'all just see a little bit ago, you know, Coach Logan said, the final eval day of the spring is tomorrow. They're not going to learn anything. So they're, he's, they're telling you, we ain't going to learn anything on Saturday. Saturday's a celebration of Gamecock football. Like, doesn't matter what happens. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. It, you, you, it matter. It could be somebody we've never seen who comes out of nowhere and hops up and grabs some great catch for 60 yards and runs for a touchdown, and everybody's going to go, oh, man, he, he, man, that guy needs to be playing this year. He might be. I don't know. But, that's the, but whatever happens in that game is literally going to have no relevance on anything. It's players, not plays this weekend. No, yeah, and you yeah, think yeah, of this, some of the stuff they're going to run is going to be real familiar, you know, to the guys that are still on the team because they've had such limited time to work with them. So it's going to look a little bit formationally like what you saw last year. And I know, you know, there's still going to be people on the message boards who are going to be like, he's running the same stuff. It's going to look yeah. the exact same. That doesn't work. That's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. That works against your own team, but it ain't going to work in conference. Yeah. I, I called my son's Pee Wee game 30 years ago. Let me tell you what we did. This is no different from that. Bye, bye. I know. I was crap. Hold on, honey. Give me another beer before I crack yeah. one over your head. You know, like, yeah, that type of crap. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Run the DVR back and let's watch that. Yeah, yeah. Get on, the TV thing you got. Tiva, yeah. y'all know Steve Spurrier like discovered Tiva while he's at South Carolina. He's like, oh shoot! You mean I can record games, go back and watch them? And you know that's how he watched film. He'd watch the broadcast, or he, or if he didn't have it on Tiva, he'd tell Jamie Sparotis, like, "Man, Jamie, give me a couple games to go watch tonight at home." Someone give me that. And he just go watch the broadcast, and then go to the game, next day to the meeting. All right, guys, here's what we're gonna do. Now he ne- that needs to be the uh, celebrity touchdown pass this weekend to they need to oh, sneak man. coach spurrier in run mm-hmm. him out well because he, he dropped run. it last time I and mean, you know yeah. he's mad about that i yeah, don't know catch the damn ball i'll tell you what shane needs to do he needs to suit up a couple of guys that nobody's going to recognize when they've got the helmets on and just have them walk out casually and have it be like connor to like <laughs> sydney rice you know, like, and then they take their helmets off and everybody shows them on the big screen and we all have one big brouhaha and we hug and love and laugh. And Who's go, that guy? Um, you know, something like that. But I, I will say this, though. One of the other more interesting things that I that I caught today, and this just goes to show you that Pete Limbo is great at what he does because he – we know nothing about special teams and this guy knows everything about special teams. And he can't prove it any more than by him saying that he has had – Bam Martin Scott running with the ones on punt return over to carry on Joiner. And he's like, it's not anything that to carry on did, but this guy could do it. So we're going to give him a crack at it. You know? So like there, who would have, you know what I mean? Like these guys, he is so good at evaluating talent and what he needs on his side of the ball, which is special teams. I mean, it's just crazy. When you see stuff like that, that's where my mind kind of wanders. I'm like, what do these guys actually think about to come up with some of this stuff? So I don't know what we're going to see Saturday night, but um, I do know that uh, 
that it's not going to be the um, the you know taped up, put together package everybody's hoping to see against North Carolina in September. Yeah, oh, yeah. not expect the greatest show on turf, you know, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I do think they're going to throw a lot of passes and all that, but I don't. Uh... Well, he mentioned today he was concerned. Dowell did about the. He, he did say he was not happy with the run game after the last scrimmage, but he knows quote exactly where they stand in the passing game. And he did go on to say that it's Spencer and it's Luke, and he's trying to figure out the other four. So as excited as I am about everybody else, definitely not throwing a guy like Lenora Sellers to the Wolves because I'm a big fan of his. I think he's got a great future ahead of him. I think everybody needs to just stop in their tracks and understand Luke Doty is a solid number two. And whoever's number three right now ain't even in the ballpark. It's Rattler and it's Doty. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. And I think Sellers is going to play a lot and do a lot of good things with his feet. But but he may it may not be all that impressive because they probably won't have him being live tackled. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe well, that's what's going to happen, JC. That's what's coming on Saturday. You realize, right, what's coming. We're going to have to, we're going to have to corral this thing on Monday. When Sellers gets in there, that is not yeah, looked. and rips rips an eight for ten for performance for 158 yards and three touchdowns, we're gonna cut the mics on and people are gonna forget Spencer Rattler's on the roster. <laughs> Remember the yeah. Jason Brown ordeal? Exactly. Yeah, we, we got we've, uh, we've heard this all before. <laughs> I, but you know, actually, I'll get because I kind of was not, and we don't know what would happen if Luke not broken his foot, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Had Luke not broken his foot, I'm not sure Spencer Rattler comes to South Carolina because I think Luke probably ends up playing well enough to be kind of an incubus starter, but that's neither here nor there. But, and, you know, I know Zeb obviously saved the day a couple times, right? But because of the struggles with the offensive line, which I don't think were any fault of their own, I think they were confused as all get out. Um, You probably needed a guy with a little bit more mobility. But instead – of saying, okay, you know, because this happens in, in football. Sometimes you just go with a guy with more, more mobility. That happened with Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler because Oklahoma was having problems protecting Spencer, so they went with a guy that could just run out of it. Uh, think about when Savelle Newton came in for Blake Mitchell, you know, under Spurrier. I mean, sometimes you just got to do that, right? Instead of – in lieu of doing that, they waited until everybody else got I mean, they uh, – I mean, I guess you could say Shane was responsible, but Satterville waits until – Everybody gets hurt. Yeah. Right? They can't play. It goes with Brown. And and Brown, I mean, look, say what you want. I don't think the guy was an all American, but that team was a different team with how they finished the regular season at two and two, beating Auburn and Florida than they were when, when Nolan was just standing in the pocket getting sacked or Doty was trying to, you know, play on a broken foot. Um, no. Probably what they should have done was going with Joiner early in the year. Right. right. There you go. That's yeah. it. But That's you know, it. I, I, I think remember something here because they didn't have any wide receivers then too, and like Joiner, nah, the converse, the conversation around Joiner always gets lost. Like this guy's done everything he's been asked to do, but we also have to remember why he was asked to do the things that he was asked to do. I mean, like he was asked to, he was asked to be a quarterback at sometimes mayable, obviously, right. Why? Because they didn't have one. Uh, he was asked to move to wide receiver. Why? They didn't have any. Now he's been asked to move to running back. Why? They didn't have any. So, like, 
I, 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 on, because we've talked about this before, and I wholeheartedly agree with everything you've said about it, JC. We've talked about it privately and publicly. Uh, I think from day one, to carry on Joyner was a quarterback at Carolina. I said that, said that when he got to campus. Um, but he wasn't. And so they had to plug him in and all these other places where they needed a guy like that who could handle it and who was willing to do it without just departing the program. So he's been a guinea pig for Carolina football, but he's gladly accepted that role, thank God, or they wouldn't be where they are. Um, so we have to remember that because that gets lost sometimes in a lot of this. They At one point in time, they had enough running backs. Remember, like, well, why wasn't he running back two years ago? I don't know, because they had Kevin Harrison, Zaquandre White, and Marshawn Lloyd. And he got hurt. Lloyd did, but they had those three. He wasn't going to play at running back. So he was a wide receiver where they needed him. Well, so we just got to make sure we never lose that in this conversation. Somebody asked about Tate Titshaw. It's a great name, right? Uh, running back 2024 from North Oak County. Uh, has a verbal offer being recruited not very heavily right now by South Carolina uh, for reformed manhole. I love that. Uh, <laughs> we all wish we could get there. But, uh, uh, you know, and Bill had asked earlier uh, about uh, is Carolina not competitive with NIL or not? I thought they were. Yeah, they're competitive is the right word, but competitive means you're going to win and lose. Win and lose. So you know, and sometimes you're going to. It depends on the timing. I, I don't think anybody needs to get complacent about about nil, but I, I don't want to talk about that for the rest of the show because we got to get to a break. And eleven eleven point seven, your blog you you like, uh, Jamie, um, yeah. about college baseball, Dimitri. Has the Gamecocks projected as the number one overall national seed? Which has not happened since, what, 2000? 24 since years? 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't they, happen they, in 2011, did it? They weren't number no, one overall. They, was, they were number five, I think. Four or five. Yeah. But if that ha- they were the first team that started this streak because the last number one overall seed was Miami that actually won the World Series. Um, so if. Uh, I can tell you this: if they take, maybe two don't want to be week, number one. Right? Well, if they take two of three this weekend, they're going to be number two in the country next week. Uh, not going to, and depending on what LSU is, they might be higher. That's just my prediction on that. But all right, Phil, uh, we will hit our final timeout of the afternoon, powered by the beauty of Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We will be right back. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Eddie 
I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com. And talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, final segment of the show. Of course, we are sponsored by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. <laughs> know why i even forgot that what do you know yeah okay john and his team give them a call 803-446-4662 i'm happy to talk about how to get some more sunshine into your life um hats off to uh carolina rise uh latest deal with jack mahoney jack mahoney has been moved up he will start on saturday this week officially from carolina baseball uh will sanders of course will maintain his spot in the friday night role and Sunday is TBD. As of now, I can tell you this. You could expect Eli Jones in there, but you can also expect Eli Jones in there if they got a chance to win one or both of those first two games, and then we'll worry about Sunday on Sunday type deal. So that's the old Ray Tanner way of doing it. It does work, and uh, we will see what happens on that front. But uh, Jack Mahoney, the latest Gamecock with – Carolina Rise, get your tickets now. Head to thebigspur.com for either or both April 27th and April 29th events, Columbia and Charleston. Clint wants me to give an out-of-nowhere commitment this weekend. Uh, Somebody mentioned Daniel Hill earlier in the uh, chat box. That would surprise me a little bit uh, because I kind of expect a kid from Mississippi to go a little longer, but – I'm going to say uh, let's go with Mike Williams. Let's keep it rolling on the O-line. He's coming back to school? Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. He, oh. Steve Spurrier Jr. is no longer here because he wants to – he's getting the portal from the Chargers or what? wherever the hell he's playing. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a rehab. I, I think Mike Williams from up there. I, I think Carolina's in sneaky good shape with him. You know, no guarantees, but if I had to – if I had to take one, I would probably pick him. When are we – uh, Probably somebody else. KFC, Carolina looks very good right now for uh, for Thompson. Very good. Very, very good. good for Thompson at this uh, point. We should have that news by the time we're on the air tomorrow, and we will be able to sit back, relax, and let JC let the good times roll. Um, when are we supposed to hear officially on Derek McClendon? 
no time frame from what I'm okay. told. Okay. So if anybody's got, you know, a few thousand bucks, you want to. <laughs> well, hey, look, here, here's what I've learned. I've learned this. If you if you want to count out uh, the, that group in Columbia, have at it. I won't do that. No, you don't. Yeah. And, and look, there's been other situations where it's not looked good. I mean, like Nick Harbor, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was an NIL deal. Didn't look good. They can overcome. Uh, but like Quantrell pointed out earlier, and I did mean to get to this, he said, that's why lines of scrimmage, uh, it's tough to live and die by the portal. And it is. I mean, you're right, because those guys, the ones that are really good are at such a premium um, that even guys that aren't so good, you know, I don't think anybody's expecting Tank Booker and Derek McClendon to be all Americans. They're just solid players. You know, people need those positions so bad they kind of panic and over promise. Uh, that's what it is a promise. And uh, I, uh, so you look at it like that. You know, that's uh, that, that's one thing. And he said, that's why you build it through high school recruiting. And I completely agree because look at the, look at the folks up the road on defense. Like Clemson, you know, people think Clemson has met its demise. You don't hear much about them anymore nationally. Uh, they'll throw them in the top ten next year because they're in the ACC. Uh, but a lot of folks out there think, oh, well, th- their days are numbered. I mean, I had a national recruiting guy say, I'm hearing – from kids, players about South Carolina, like I used to hear about Clemson. I don't hear about Clemson anymore. But uh, never count them out because they've they've continued to recruit D line after D line after D line, stack close classes, and they're loaded there again this year, despite losing Miles Murphy, Brian Breesy, and whoever the hell else you want to talk about. So I uh, I agree with you there, and, and, and as this portal things come into focus, I've kind of realized like. Man, like South Carolina's fortunate they got two offensive linemen out of the portal this year and one that's got three years left. It's going to be pretty good. Um, so, uh, you know, defensively it's been it's been tough. They have gotten Dawkins. They have gotten strong. They'll probably get some guys this year. But uh, it's much better. And, and if you look at the high school recruiting, it is going well on both lines. It's much better to build it up through high school. Um, just in terms of what we know now about the portal. Maybe that changes. Maybe the rules change. Who knows? But that's the deal uh, thing. hope they do. Eddie. Did I say Eddie something? Eddie? Eddie? How do do I say Eddie weird? Oh, it's Daddy. Daddy? Oh. Sounds like Eddie, I guess, coming off. Oh. Eddie? I, I try to disguise my voice. Daddy Clint, yeah, sorry. Daddy, Daddy Clint. Austin blames Molly. Ah, don't worry, Austin. Don't blame Molly. Just blame Coach Tanner. Put it on his. Yeah, yeah, it's race fault. I hit a uh, pothole yesterday on River Road. Matter of fact, I texted Coach Tanner. Said, Coach Tanner, if I have to text you about this damn pothole on River Road one more time, I'm going to burn the whole place down. Burn it up. Burn down the. The, the whole Rice place. Athletics building. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, we've got Stuart Lake tomorrow and Michael Flint tomorrow. I spent some time with Michael Flint this morning. You know what he told me? He said he had to go to the proctologist, and while he was in there, he asked his doctor, hey, doc, where do I put my pants? And he responded, over there, by mine. <laughs> The horror. The right. Horror. 
there you go. That's the horror. Chris Phillips is well tomorrow. Chris Phillips. That's right. Yeah, well we tomorrow. missed Chris today. Yeah. What was it? High energy Thursday. Uh, no, it was. Yeah, we had it. You were like the principal in uh, in old school. Uh, didn't we lock you in a dumpster one time? I got out. Oh, oh. Jerry Piven. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, he, he's a, he's an R, he's at the heritage. So he'll have, he, he'll have some good golf stuff to talk about. Oh no, we got, you need to text him then and be like, Chris, tomorrow your whole show's got to be, we're from the 17th. He's got 12 feet down left to right for birdie. He's got to talk like a golf guy if he's going to be on the course. And he hits. And then the crowd goes, and they, they raise their voice just a little bit. And the crowd is going very crazy with applause. And you, well, you hear it dropping the hole. Hey, hats off to Gamecock football and Todd Ellis for their Masters uh, moment call Xavier Leggett's touchdown run last year. That was that brilliantly was fun. done. Yeah, brilliantly was- done. Matter of fact, there's probably some people out there going, I wish Todd would call every game like that. I wish it had been like the Toddisms. And he'd have been like, ah, oh, hurt me. Yeah, I was missing that, and he sh- I thought he should have mentioned something about coming out of the shoe. There were the only two things out of there was a hurt me at the end, and yeah, missing the shoe. <laughs> He's at the 55. Oh, man. All right. You heard Either the guess. from Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have uh, a full list of those that we know that will be in attendance for the spring game this weekend from a recruiting standpoint. We'll have follow-up to uh, Josiah Thompson's commitment in the morning, and we'll have a final preview of Gamecock Baseball. Uh, so it is going to be, be a pack, pack, pack two hours. We hope you'll join us. Can't wait to see you then. Thanks to Derek Scott for joining us today, and uh, thanks to JC and Phil for always being JC and Phil. See you tomorrow <laughs> and inside the Gamecock show. Bert, I'm Todd Ellis. Birdie on the 21st hole for Tiger. <laughs> to win the match. See you tomorrow.